0: Is sipping on his half-caf decaf mocha latte with a twist with a Yankees add on.
1: Had to do it. They need some love, man. The Yankees, Yankees Twitter, Yankees social media needs some love today. So here it is. Wow.
0: Okay. That's that's a real interesting look for you. I got to be honest. <clears throat> didn't didn't think I'd see it. Didn't think I I'd see it. Good. I think
1: I look. I would have been a, a good Yankee. I had to shave the beard, but I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure how, how I'd like it without the beard. I, I like the beard. Yeah. Man.
1: You like me. I, can, I look good with the beard, with the mustache, with everything. I'm very confident.
0: Yes, you are. <laughs> Let's get to it. Uh, less than two weeks to go in the season, there are two divisional races up for grabs. The Phillies, they cut into the Braves lead. They're just two back in the National League East. The Dodgers are now just one back in the National League West of the San Francisco Giants. Which race is more intriguing to you?
1: You know I love the Braves and the Phillies. Hopefully that's a great race all the way down the stretch, but push that aside because it's the Dodgers and the Giants. And I've come up with something that I hope happens, and it's actually increasingly likely to happen, and that will be a game 163. Yeah. How much do we love game 163s? So much. And I think it could happen, and if it did happen, Dodgers would have to go up to Oracle because I think San Fran won the season series by one Shit. game. Yep. And then that loser that would have to go host the wild card game. It's been a fun race the entire way and these both both these teams just find ways to win ball games. And there was even a quote by I think it was Bryant. He's like, We keep winning and They keep winning, too. It's kind of annoying. And that's just how it's been. On both sides, they could say the same thing. Like, it's annoying. We both keep winning. Somebody needs to lose. Um, But one game separates them. And if they get that tie and we get game 163, oh, my gosh.
0: Well, it's interesting. Remember a couple years ago, we had multiple game 163. We had the Brewers at the Cubs. We had the Rockies at the Dodgers. It was a ton of fun. This one would really be a kick in the you-know-what for the loser of game 163. Because not only do you miss out on winning the division, then you have to play the next day. Granted, you'll be at home. So even if the Dodgers have to travel up to San Francisco, it's a quick flight back. But then you'll have to play against the number two wildcard team, which at this point is the St. Louis Cardinals. But I'm fascinated because people can hit the rewind button to 1993. That is the year the Giants missed out on the playoffs, despite winning 103 games. And if you ask any Giants fan that's over the age of 35, they're going to have major flashbacks to that year because we didn't have the wildcard institute until a couple seasons later. So they missed out on the postseason party altogether. Now, even if somebody gets 103 wins and ends up as the first wildcard, you at least live to see another day. But imagine winning 103 games and having one game, and then you get bounced by the number two wildcard team. That's why this race is so fascinating.
1: It's so fascinating for so many different reasons, too. I mean, obviously, both these teams have played well, but they're just like two completely different types of teams. Uh-huh. But the results are the same. They just keep winning.
0: Yep. All right, let's move on. Speaking of keep winning, the Cardinals, they sweep the Padres this weekend. They have won eight in a row. It seems like at least for now, they still have a firm grasp on that number two wild card seed in the National League. But the big story to come out of St. Louis this weekend was what happened in the Padres dugout between Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr. Big deal or not?
1: It's I don't think it's that big of a deal. The way San Diego is playing, much bigger deal than... Machado kind of showing some tough love to Tatis and hand up. I had a horrible tweet about it. I spent, I think it was Saturday. I had a long Saturday coaching sports. I maybe had some wine. I saw the video and I reacted right away. I said, "Where where's the manager? Where are the coaches? Well, it turns out Tingler was ejected right before that. And the guy that I thought was just a pitcher is Ryan Flaherty. He looks like a player still, even though he is a coach. He was in the middle there, but he was wearing cool shoes. He had the haircut. I was like, there's no so I messed up there but you know when you think about it you know Tatis uh he's got so much pressure on him and sometimes you can let that get to you and forget about you know what's in front of you and they need to win games and he needs to be a big part of it if they want to get that wild card that second wild card so I think Machado was just trying to remind him of that and Dickerson who is I think their bench coach Mm -hmm. Machado since the Oriole days I played for him he's He's an old school guy like he's going to get in your face if he wants to. And I think he did that first. And then Machado kind of stepped in and said, let me take it here. Uh, Bad visual for everybody else, like just seeing it. But when you really break it down, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I bet you after the game, like there were some some words exchanged and whatever, but it's not going to linger. In my opinion, I've seen stuff like that happen before. It
0: doesn't linger. In fact,
1: sometimes it makes the team stronger.
0: I don't care. As a fan, like it, it was great to see like somebody got a really good visual and audio right next to the dugout. And because everybody is, is a member of the media with their cell phone these days, nothing's pr- private. But I have to remind myself, and as do all fans, that's your office. And it's OK for you guys to blow up at each other. It's a long season. The Padres are playing shitty. That stuff happens. And Tatis probably was out of line. You know, somebody needed to shake him back into shape. I'm perfectly fine with that. To me, it gets to, is there a bigger issue in San Diego? And there's a major story out this weekend in The Athletic where they're talking about how they are, there are problems. There's fractured leadership, whether it's coming from Jace Tingler or elsewhere, lack of leadership from the players. There's going to be a lot of finger pointing. And if the Padres, who were built to make a deep October run by all the trades they've made over the last year and a half, miss out on the playoffs entirely, this team is going to undergo a major, major change, not just in manager or coaches, but players, in my opinion, as well.
1: You know, I almost don't agree with the fact that there's no player leadership there. There's some
0: veteran dudes there. I'm not saying there's not player leadership. Well, the the, The article questioned how the leadership is working in that dugout. But I don't question, you know, listen, Manny Machado does not do everything right. We know that. There's been times where he's still at age 30 years old or whatever he is. We look at him and we're like, why didn't you run that out? Like, that's a big play. Why'd you do that? But he has grown up significantly from where he was in Baltimore. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like, there are some instances where he's done some things that people just hang on to. Like, people can grow. They can change, which I think Manny has done. And I don't think there's a lack of player leadership necessarily there. I think, number one, the biggest issue here, Chris, is they're just losing. Like, losing brings up all the nasty little things, and they turn right. big things. Like, if you're winning, no one's going to say anything about the lack of leadership. As far as the coaching staff, I know Dickerson's – I I know him as a coach, and I promise you he's out there working and he's leading. I know that. Tingler, I don't know Tingler that well. I got to know him with the Rangers organization a little bit. Um you know, he had the questions with uh, Tatis about swinging 3-0. That was a strange decision for him. That was last year. Yeah, it was terrible. I can't really speak to the, the leadership. So we're not, I mean, neither of us can because we're not in the clubhouse. Um, I think it's all just based on the fact that they're not winning games.
0: Right okay. Now. You've been around a lot of teams. When you are built to make a sustained run in October and you don't, is everybody going to be like, ah, it's okay. We'll just figure it out with the same group next year. Never. That's never happened.
1: No, you're right. You're right. But, I mean, I think a lot of it, like I said, is performance-based. So, like, they need to go address right. issues.
0: Yeah, So, but aren't you shocked that it's being performance-based based on the way this team is? been? I know that they've had some issues with their pitching, and, you know, we thought maybe Lamette would be a bigger contributor, and we were like, oh, my God, that guy joining everybody else in the rotation. It hasn't worked. They're throwing out Vince Velasquez and Jake Arietta in a must-win series. That That's the biggest problem for me i love those guys
1: i'll say that forever but that's the biggest problem for me is right now they just don't have the horses okay
0: all right let's move on speaking of not getting it done this weekend yankees lost two or three to my indians <clears throat> that way tribe way to make them pay and sunday garrett cole who had, could have helped them win the series after they got mushed on saturday got clobbered for seven earned runs tied for his worst outing of the season in terms of earned runs allowed he got pulled in the sixth got booed while walking off the mound is that short-sighted by yankees fans or understandable
1: no it's not understandable we don't boo garrett cole there's a lot of things you can boo in yankee land garrett cole is not one of the things you can boo garrett cole has essentially put you in a position where you can still make the playoffs if they didn't have garrett cole all those losing streaks will just snowball. Snowball. He's your stopper. You don't need to be booing Garrett Cole. Okay. Here's here's the things that you can boo. This is all from what I hear on Yankees Twitter. Um, you don't play your best players every single game. It doesn't like look like you doesn't look like the team knows they're in a playoff race. Uh, they need better defense. They need to start playing guys like Squid again. They need to start running the bases a little bit more. There's so many things you could talk about. Garrett Cole having one bad start is not one of the things that you need to boo. It's, that was so out of line. I even think on the broadcast, I watched the replay of it, they were like, they're booing Garrett Cole. What is like, What is? I think they even said, come on, people. That's coming from Do you
0: think – I don't want to get you in trouble with Yankee Twitter, but I'm going to ask the question. Do you think most other fan bases would have reacted the same way had their team been playing this shitty and your ace, the best pitcher on your staff, the highest-paid player on your team, would have gotten booed by other fan bases?
1: I just don't think – maybe they weren't booing Cole. I think they were
0: booing the situation.
1: That's fine. If you want to boo the situation you're in, you want to boo, you know, the way the team's been playing and, you know – all that, I get it. But, if, I mean, that was just a bad time to boot because it was Cole walking off. And if anything, give that guy some snaps or something. He's kept you in the freaking race,
0: okay? He doesn't need to be booed. I, I think there's a handful of teams where that happens, a handful of cities. And we know where they are. It's New York, it's Philly, and it's Boston. <laughs> yeah. And that's where it happens. And that's okay. That's what separates those fan bases. You can like them, you can hate them, but those are the facts, that same sort of situation. I think if it had been Chris Sale, it would have happened. I think if it had been Aaron Nola, it would have happened. Uh, I think if the Mets were in that situation, it had been Jacob Degrom. Hmm. Uh, probably not Degrom. I
1: think Degrom gets booed. And I want to say don't I've I've gained so much respect for Garrett Cole this year, the way he's handled everything, having to change, you know, with the uh, the
0: ball and you know the subtext, well, everything. Hold on. He did have that boo-boo where he was not prepared for that question.
1: That's fine. It was tough. And we, and we gave, we roasted them. We gave everything. Yeah. You know what happened? He's been shoving. He said, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I'm going to go shove. Yep. All the respect in the world goes to Derek Cole this year.
0: Hey, he's been worth every dime, man. He, with the, with the exception of the, for the most part of the, the, the COVID issues, he has been healthy and he has made every start and he keeps you in, 95 percent of the games that's what you pay him for the rest of the shit ain't his fault i'm sorry you all want to boo because of the performance you've seen yankee fans go for it they deserve it they have not played well there's there seems to be a lack of intensity they've dropped nine to 15 games against losing teams and now, with all this being said they still have another series against boston and another series against toronto within the next week that's coming up you have a chance to go win and get your way in october
1: and we said Cleveland's not a rollover team, man. They
0: throw some good pitches. Yeah, they were. They were not, dude, they couldn't they hit. We're the shit. And then the last two days, they explode for 22 runs. If I were a Yankees fan, I'd be pissed off. <laughs> I would. At the, at the Indians? I would be pissed off if the Yankees were giving up 22 runs to a team that can't hit outside of Jose Ramirez and Fran Mel Reyes on a consistent basis. I'd be mad. It's baseball. But you know what? I loved it. <laughs> move on cooler moment out of the bay area this weekend game winning sack fly by pinch hitter the pitcher kevin gossman to beat the braves or eddie rosario on sunday hitting for the cycle when seeing only five pitches the entire day
1: (laughs) i'm going to talk more about eddie rosario later on on tb um that doesn't surprise me at all i I love i love him so much but i Like I watched the, the Kevin Gossman at-bat live, and, you know, it's one of those things you're like, oh, come on. Like, the National League, really, we have to have a pitcher up there in this spot? Like, what are we doing? But I'll tell you what, he had a great at-bat. Great at-bat. Went down. I think he was a uh, ball and two strikes, and he kind of worked it. Even tried – it was bases loaded. So he, there was one pitch that was inside, He even threw the elbow. I was like, that's what mm, cool. He did. And he worked it to where it got to 3-2. Pitcher had to come over the freaking plate. He just put the, you put the barrel on the ball, sack fly, very cool moment. It was cool to see, like, the reaction of everyone on the team. They're obviously very happy with how he's performing, the kind of person he is. So, you know, for one, like, little second, I was okay with the pitcher hitting.
0: I think it was amazing. I think it was amazing. That was the more amazing moment in part because of the way the game unfolded, right? Darneau with the major homer to give the Braves the lead. Then Donovan Solano, who had uh, gotten a breakthrough case of COVID, hadn't seen major league pitching in three weeks. They're down to their last out. He ends up tying the game. So just the storyline to build it up to that moment for Gossman was remarkable. Plus, Gossman said, quote, that was the coolest thing I've done in my career. The top two moments in my life are the birth of my kids and that. (laughs) Now, I don't know how Olivia would feel if that was a quote. I can't imagine Michelle would be like, hi, what about <laughs> me? How you doing, Mrs. Gossman? I, I, you know, whatever. Cool. Good. That would not fly in the Rose household. Or yeah. Sackfly.
1: He might have got a, what what'd you say? What are the top moments in your life? fly wasn't even a homer, bro.
0: It was great. Uh, that, however, was not the best moment we saw on the Diamond this weekend. It involved Mookie Betts of the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, T.J. Friedel got his first major league hit of the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. It was a homer. Betts tracked it over his head, saw a Reds fan catch it, immediately told him, hey, throw it back. I got you. So he wanted to make sure that the kid got his first major league hit, which happened to be his first major league home run. Next inning, Betts returns with a signed bat. I just want your reaction to it. It's badass, dude.
1: I mean, Mookie's – I think Mookie's like one of those guys that's universally liked. doesn't matter what team. Hell, yes, he is. What team you root for. You're like, gosh, like, I wish we had Mookie on our team. He does everything the right way. He's kind of got like a nice fashion sense, uh, plays the game obviously incredibly well, one of the top five players in the game. But, you know, I think this should happen more often. Like, if you're a guy like that, you can do that quite a bit. Even if it's just the ball you want to sign. I think players should take that into account. They do it enough. They throw balls up there. Uh But every once in a while, especially if you're an outfitter, take a signed ball out with you. Just make someone's day. You could create a fan for life by signing your fucking name on a baseball and throwing it up there. It costs you nothing, and Uh it gives the fans everything. So I implore more people to do this Mookie you know did great with the situation sometimes though just go out there and do it randomly I I feel like it would it helps it just helps the game
0: and like I said it creates fans for life just that small little gesture it's interesting because the guy that uh caught the ball and threw it back his name is uh Michael Diddle, and he was there on his um buddy's bachelor party (sighs) yeah and he did he no hesitancy. He threw it back immediately. Now, not every fan would have done that. So I want to give Michael some props too because he would have maybe been like, "Well, wait a second. I I just caught the home run ball. What? You want it back now?" Just did it immediately. And I think that we will continue to break down the whatever wall exists between entertainers and at and uh, and just regular Joes and Janes out there. I think it's fantastic. And Mookie talked about how one of his final conversations with Kobe Bryant was the impact you can have on just everyday people's lives. And this is it, man. He created a memory for that guy forever. And you know how many fans he won over yesterday that are going to want to see him now every time he comes to town in Cincinnati and just be like, that's, that's special. It is special.
1: (laughs) Every time Mookie's in right field, people are going to be throwing the ball
0: back right away. Like, right.
1: You see what I just did? Let me- yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But you know what? I would play the game. Don't bring back an autograph batch, Just bring me a blank check. <laughs> he yeah. got enough money. It's fine. Exactly. He's not going <laughs> to. Seriously, would he even miss 50 grand if I just signed that thing? Would he, no. would he even know where it went? No.
1: His his portfolio fluctuates millions of dollars a day depending on the market. Probably down today if you look at the market, but yeah. Don't get me started, please. Ended on that. Let's just say Mookie, you're a freaking stud. He's awesome. What do you have coming up on John Boy? Talking baseball Monday episode. I get fired up for these, so I'm excited to go do that. I have to record a sequence episode that'll come out tomorrow. I'll do that after talking baseball. Um, and that's it, man. What you got?
0: I'm wearing the Orioles hat because Trey Mancini is our guest on the Rose Rotation along with Stephen Brault. They were in the same Orioles draft class, I think, back in 2013, I want to say. Brault tells about four or five amazing Trey Mancini stories. Uh, he is fantastic. He is relaxed. Uh, he talks about how this has been a serious grind, getting back for the first time since um, since fighting stage three colon cancer. And what it's like to be essentially the poster child in, in in a cancer fight, and how he had to mentally work through that, and how it hasn't been easy for him. And uh, there's days he has to remind himself that he's a lucky dude. And uh, he talks about how the fight is still it's ongoing every day. So I always had a lot of respect and always enjoyed uh, talking to Trey Mancini before. This was a extra special conversation. I think you guys will really enjoy it. I,
1: I saw some quote. Man- it was like um, the only thing that's ever put me on the DL is cancer, and I want to keep it that way. Something He had like an oblique issue or something. That's pretty
0: badass. Yeah. Badass. Yeah, yeah. he is. He is. He's a good dude, and he was a lot of fun. And I think it was nice for him to get reunited with Bralt, whom uh, he spent a couple of years with in the minors, so that was neat too. All right, dude. Uh, have a great day. Tell the boys I say hi on Talking Baseball. Look for that later today as well, and we will see you guys – Tomorrow I might have to move it up. I gotta take Miguel Rojas. Let me know. I appreciate it, bro. You're a good. You're a good human. Let <laughs> everybody you. have a great day out there. Peace.